guys, it's Renee Paquette from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha and our very own Misha Cupcake Tate responds to Aspen Lad calling for out for a fight between them like two grown-ass adults. We also got to speak to former UFC title challenger Felicia Spencer about her choice to hang it up and retire from MMA. Here it is. So Aspen Ladd spoke with MMA Junkie now, despite, of course, some, some weight misses that we've discussed on the show previously. She said she's not planning to go back down to bantamweight, but she's looking to book a fight with our very own Misha Tate. Um, not taking very kindly, Misha, um, to some of the things that you've had to say about, uh, about Aspen Ladd and her weight cut. Said, uh, you've said some things. Let's go handle this like adults. What's your reaction to, uh, to Aspen Ladd wanting to, uh, to step in the octagon with you? I think she should just talk her shit. You know, she's like, I don't want to talk shit. Those are her exact quote. But, you know, you've said some things. It's like, Aspen, you know, if you want people to be interested in what you say and what you do, and especially when you, you, you have to be accountable for the weight you've missed, and then you went up to 145 and you had, you know, you had an off performance, um, just speak your truth. That's all I'm doing over here. And that's why she says you said some things like, I'm not really trying to talk shit either. I'm saying I'm speaking my truth. And at least I'm putting myself out there in a vulnerable way. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it. Some people are not going to agree with what I have to say. But really, I think the biggest takeaway people need to understand is that None of this is really trash talk about Aspen. It's just simply an accountability. When she missed weight, it was an accountability thing where I felt like she was desperate and trying to manipulate the scale by grabbing onto the curtain, which is something that if you refuse to put your hands in the air, we cannot tell whether you are cheating or are you aren't. That's why we ask you to put your hands in the air. If you have to strip down naked, just hold your hands in the air. Um, so anyway, she wouldn't do it. Oh, did I tell you also, by the way, that a few of the media who wear earpieces who can hear the talk between um, like the commission and the UFC members, I guess, is what Ooh, this is sounds that, juicy. I like is this. That, yeah. So she weighed in at first with fully clothed after she refused to check her weight on the check scale because they kind of want to know where you're at. Right. So she refused to do that. <clears throat> then she sat around there with her clothes. And as soon as she stripped down, but they put the towel around her, she weighed in at one 31 she went from 140 141 with her clothes on to 131 um with that's her a hands bit, that's down. a lot of heavy clothes well 10 pounds of clothes that's why they asked her to put her hands up in the air because they were like that doesn't make sense it's not 10 pounds <laughs> put your hands up it doesn't take yeah. a rocket scientist to realize that she wasn't wearing 10 pounds worth of clothes and they were tr they were like hmm how could 10 pounds suddenly just disappear well you know, she couldn't see the scale, so she's pulling on the little curtain over behind there. And I'm sorry, can I, does, does that make me a bad guy? Am I an asshole right now for just saying, like, hey, this sure seems like what it is, it, that you're trying to make a weight that you didn't actually make? Um, so I guess if that's offensive, I would apologize, except I'm not sorry. So that's what I have to say about sorry, that. Not sorry. Yeah, I'm really not sorry for calling it on that. Does it mean that I dislike Aspen as a person? Absolutely not. I just think she needs to be accountable for that. Um, I will continue to speak my truths, and especially in a division that directly affects me, potentially. She says she's going back down to 135. I think that's, that remains to be seen by the UFC. I mean, they're going to have something to say about it, too, if she's consistently missing weight. So 
We you also had more issues out. with Jim West, it seemed, almost that more was than problem. you had yeah. with Aspen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I could see how that could be offensive um, to her because that's her man. But at the same time, I think someday she'll thank me for it, for kind of giving some people some insight. Um, now, mind you, some people think that I'm just blind in all of this, that I'm just making these assumptions off of um, what I saw in the corner. But I will also have not said this I will have you know that I've had some of her family members reach out to me and also some of her her people from her gym and the world around us obviously some people I know have worked with them all have given me information that also makes me concerned and feel like you know I have a little bit more of an inside glimpse than probably people think and so when I recognize that the situation is much more similar to what I went through in a situation before I feel like, how dare I not say something? I'd rather say something and be wrong about it than, you know, let a fellow, a fellow woman, you know, to feel like she's crazy or, or like everything that I did, you know, feel stuck. So I know this sounds really conflicting because we're talking about potentially fighting each other. And here I am calling her on, you know, some shit. And then I'm also defending her in a way. But these are separate categories and things that I feel like, yes, she needs to be accountable for missing weight or trying to cheat the scale. Does it mean I hate her? No. Does it mean that I think that she's potentially in a, a, a maybe an abusive relationship or at least an unhealthy dynamic that's affecting her fighting style? Yeah, probably. Do I care about the greater good of human beings and women in general? Ultimately, that's the big picture. And that's where I get on the other end where it's kind of like, hey, you know, this these are different parts of me that I really I need to be able to speak my mind on a plethora of things. And it's nothing personal. There is nothing that's personal about this with Aspen Lab. We may end up fighting each other. I'm certainly not scared of the woman. Um, I hate it when people use that word, right? Like, oh, are you scared? Like, what is that even? Uh, yes, I'm just, I'm shaking. That my is boots. a weird like, question. Are you scared? What? It's like, I, um, I me chose, this, though. yeah, I chose to make a career out of getting punched in the face and you want to accuse me of being scared. Like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, Hell no. What does that even Absolutely mean? Absolutely not. Do you think... That because of these conversations that you've been having about Jim West and Aspen Ladd and their relationship and then with the the weight misses and all that, do you imagine that these two were just kind of at home talking a bunch of shit about you that now it's escalated to Jim being like, you should go fight Misha. You should go fuck her up. Do you think mm-hmm. that that's maybe what the conversation is? That maybe this is like a whole thing happening at home that's like stirring the pot that Jim West is kind of pushing her to do more of this? Because oh, yeah. he was There's... the one that responded directly to your tweets. He he took a He was. He was a real jerk. And he ended up deleting his tweet. He called me a coward of all things. I'm like, you That's sir. such a... We, you say the word coward in professional wrestling because you can't swear in a PG show. Use a better fucking word. Right? I'm like, I'm a coward? I'm like, you're dating one of the top female fighters and you're talking shit to a potential opponent saying I'm the coward like really that's that's really manly of you why don't you grow a pair you know so he kind of put me off with that a little bit too but um I'm sure she just has no escape from it you know that's how it was for me when I was in you know in a relationship with my head coach and um just a different different dynamic and I would never want to be in those shoes again so uh, I feel for her because I feel like she probably doesn't get the escape and she probably has the pressure to try and go and settle business more than ever. So, hey, we'll see. I'm not opposed to that, um, but she's not the only one calling me out. There's also Pani, uh, Pani, Pani Kiansad, um, 
And there's a couple other women who I've heard their names mentioned. I'm not sure if they called me out per se, but uh, I always have a big target on my back. So, I mean, it's kind of like a get in line thing. If that's what um, comes around and the UFC and I discuss and management and everybody decides that's the next one, then cool. I mean, I'm fighting somebody. So if it's Aspen, so of these names of people that have had your name in their mouth, I mean, I know you're, you know, you're fresh off of the Ketlin Vieira fight. You wanted to get through the holidays before you start thinking about anything else. But as this starts to bubble up to the surface a little bit more, what do you think? What do you want? I don't want, I don't even, I'm not even focused on that at the moment. I mean, obviously I hear the things and I just kind of let it go because right now I'm focused on the other aspect of my life, which is the family and Christmas. And so I don't have a clear want or desire. And look, there's so much that can change by the time that I'm going to be fighting again, which I'm, I'm thinking March or April. I don't even know. I mean, I, I truthfully think that it could all change. The, you know, Aspen could be booked again by then if she's looking to fight. I don't. So what is the point of me even getting my head all twisted up in it? Um, I don't know. I know that I will have a fight when it's time for me to fight. And I guess I'm not so focused on who that is. I just know that that's the timing that I want a um, couple months into the, the into the new year so that I have time for a full training camp. And that's it. Whether it's Aspen or Panny or... I don't know. I think some people said Raquel, Holly, um, who else? Olena. Some people were saying Lena Landsberg, right? The the two mamas. I know she's making her. Um, I think she's gonna make her return. I, I don't really care. I I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so stuck on one or the other. So yeah, we'll see after the new year. We will see after the new year. Everyone just keep throwing Misha's name around and we'll see what happens. (laughs) We'll see which one hits. Hi, everyone. This is Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Doug Flutie. I'm excited to tell you that my podcast, the Flutie Flakes cast, is back for the entire football season. I may have played like 21 years of professional football in three different leagues, but I'm still just a big kid and I absolutely love this game. Every week, we'll talk about the topics I care about and bring on super fun guests. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app. Include it with most subscriptions. Joining us now, a woman that has had a hell of a career in MMA, now decided to tie it up with a nice little bow after her final fight, a TKO win over Leah Letson. Felicia Spencer, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing right now? Obviously, a lot going on. You're doing the rounds media, so we appreciate you taking the time. But how are you feeling at this exact moment? I'm I'm very happy. Um, thanks for having me on. I'm really uh, happy to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, do you feel a sense of relief now that uh, you're in this part of your career, the end of it? Um. I don't know how to describe the feeling, I guess. I, I've known for a while that that last that my fight in November was my last fight. Um, at least that's what my intention was. And uh, I was kind of nervous to tell my coaches because <laughs> they didn't know. Um, and then after I told them, it was like, and then I told the UFC. And then I was like, oh, there's still everyone else to tell. Now the world needs to know. <laughs> so at what point did you decide that, Felicia? Um, you know, it, it was something that I was thinking about in my previous fight camp, um, in the spring. Um, but honestly, like from the beginning of like training to be, you know, to compete in MMA, you know, when I was 18, um, and I've done martial arts my whole life, but that was when I was really starting to compete. Um, you know, I kind of thought it was, you know, when I was around 30, I was like, Oh, you know, and, and back then there wasn't like the opportunities that we have now, of course, but I was like, you know, there'd probably be a good time to stop. 
you know, 12 years of getting punched in the head competitively, you know, might be enough for me. Um, and it was just like a personal decision that I, you know, I kind of thought of, um, uh, I never wanted to have like a long-term career, you know, kind of looking at it more of a, a temporary thing. And then like a second chapter to my adult life would start after that. Um, but you know, I definitely knew, you know, going into this fight camp, it was one of the most motivating things for me was, you know, knowing how the loss felt in the spring and knowing like how bad I wanted to, uh, to not step away at that point. I wanted, I wanted to have a great performance or, you know, at least have something that I felt really good about. And my fight in May didn't do that for me. So I was like super motivated to have a, have one that I was happy with. Felicia, you sound so like pragmatic talking about like, well, I knew that around this time was when I was going to walk away. Was it that easy for you to really come to this conclusion? I mean, at this point in your career, like what were the conversations you were having with your family and with your trainers and even just internally? Um, you know, it, in a way it's hard because I just started, you know, like being in the UFC and I, you know, I took some big fights and I just started, you know, my contract is great. I'm very happy with the pay. Like people were saying, Oh, you know, I, it's sad that I don't make enough money. I, I make enough money doing what I'm doing. And it's kind of like, man, you know, I could keep doing this and make, you know, continue to make awesome money, but it, I didn't want to just fight for the money. It wasn't what my heart wanted. You know, I, I've always, like, I've always kind of felt guilty for fighting because of, you know, like just family history of like, uh, and I say, when I say mental health, I mean, I mean, I know mental health in general is a big topic right now, but like, you know, like, trauma related issues or just dementia that kind of stuff like things that I would be concerned about normally like 30 years from now 20 years from now have always been in the back of my head you know it's it's been in my family and um I've I guess I just I always thought I would just cut it off before I took too much damage you know and everyone's path is different and everyone takes a different amount of damage in their fights and you know I've shown myself that when I step in the octagon, I'm going to, I'm going to see it through no matter what. So I guess the only way to avoid, like to only, the only way to guarantee not getting a lot of damage is just to not, not step in there. You know, I can't, I can't guarantee that every fight will go like my last one and I'll feel great after, you know? So, uh, so yeah, it was in, in some ways hard, but in, in other ways I knew like, this is what I feel like I should do. So the rest of it didn't overpower that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Was I mean, would that have been as easy for you to do if you had walked away, if you had to walk away on a loss? Or do you think there would have been something nagging at you that's like, gosh, I really just want to walk away on a high note? Uh, I feel like in this camp, like if I had put going into this fight, I really felt like I was going to be putting my best foot forward. And I feel like even if I didn't come away with the win that I would feel good about, you know, as long as I felt good about doing that, you know, doing my best and really feeling good about my performance, win or lose, you know, it is what it is. Um, but like my fight in May, the, the camp felt different. I wasn't as super motivated during the camp. Um, you know, I think I just was, I was feeling the, the feelings of not, not wanting to fight, you know, for, for much longer. And I think it just mm -hmm. felt a little different on me mentally. At that point, I was like, kind of, getting through that camp but then once the fight happened and it and I didn't feel good about the fight you know win or lose I didn't feel good about it it was a split even if I won the fight I was like that wasn't good on my part you know <laughs> so I, I really you know wanted like you said to have that 
just a just a good feeling to walk away from, you know. So Felicia, did this this had more to do um, with your family's history of of dementia and, and mental health in that sense more so than the pressures of being in the octagon, the pressures of fight camp, and all that. Right, right. Just just the the general feeling that twenty years from now I want to still be myself. You know, yeah. the uh, right now I feel great. You know, mentally I feel I feel like I'm in a great spot. You know, like you said the my position in the UFC is great and everything's going great. And then I know it's kind of like, so I thought people would be a little more negative, like calling me crazy for walking away right now, but I've been surprised by it takes all the balls to do what you just did. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of people put their, put themselves first like that. I mean, you put your body first, put your health first. Cause you, you know, you try to think like make as much money as I can in a certain amount of time and, and whatnot. So it's cool to see the flip side of that for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's different. I guess I've always kind of made the, liked making decisions that surprise people, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, so then tell me, so you knew that this retirement was coming up. So this is what's different. When I retired, I just, I didn't recognize any of that. I was going through a lot of what you just talked about and where I wasn't very, I didn't feel right in my camps and, but I was so just stuck on the idea that I had to fight and that's how I fixed it. And and then once I realized that wasn't the solution, it was like, okay, I guess I've got to retire. And I took a long time off. Um, I guess my question then is mine caught me very off guard as much as it did probably everyone else, but you have had the chance to kind of sit and think, you know, I want to start this other chapter. So what does that look like for you? Have you started anything uh, else? Are you starting any businesses? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to teach people fitness? You're going to instruct MMA? Come on, you can start a family. You, like, you used to be an algebra teacher, didn't you? Is that right? Was, the Wikipedia yeah. elite? Okay. So yeah. cool. So yeah, what so, does that look like? Yeah, you know, I'm not like diving into something. I, I honestly have, you know, no clue what the future holds, which is kind of like the theme in my life, I guess. But, uh, you know, my husband and I did start a business in the beginning of last year. Uh, he's a roofing contractor. So we have a really small operation that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely like the behind the scenes. Obviously, like being a math teacher, I know the numbers part of it. <laughs> so uh, what yeah, is maybe the I could focus more on that. It's a roofing, uh, roofing company. Um, so just a real small, you know, mostly repairs, just, a, you know, local company. So, you know, and, and also, uh, you know, I love being involved in the sport, you know, I'd love to do like commentating and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I really don't have, I didn't have a plan really. I just kind of was like, we'll see what, where I'm at and maybe in a couple months I'll, you know, see if I do want to go back to teaching or, you know, this or that, or see where the business is at with a little more dedication to it and see what I could do for it. So, um, so yeah, I kind of have a, a history of just like jumping in with no plan, but it, you know, it's fun. <laughs> It'll work gonna, out. <laughs> what are you going to do for like you time? I feel like that is like a moment to be celebrated. You just had this amazing career. You decided to walk away on your own terms. Are you going to like go on vacation? Are you going to treat yourself to anything? <laughs> I feel like you should like lean into this a little bit. I honestly feel like the last few years have been a treat all on their own, you know, like every fight, um, almost every fight, you know, after the fight for a week, we stay and vacation where the fight was, you know, whatever town that was. And, you know, I've been, you know, not doing two jobs for, you know, like a year and a half now. So it's been like a, it feels like a vacation, not work, not, not working full-time and training full-time. So, um, you know, I, for the last couple of weeks, um, you know, we, 
I've just been doing a lot of like yard work and playing with my dogs and taking care of stuff around the house, you know? Um, and, you know, just, just kind of getting back into the rhythm of things and with the holidays right now, it's kind of like everything's crazy anyway. So I'll kind of see where I'm at in, in the new year. And um, yeah, you know, I, like I said, I feel like I've been having a nice, uh, I feel like I've been living a life that is kind of like a, a vacation already. I still train <laughs> like I'm about to go. We have like a marathon roll um, at the gym tonight that is like once a month, big thing. So I'm excited to go roll for an hour and a half tonight. Damn. So I'm still training, you know, I'm still like, I'm still, still involved in the gym. You know, maybe I'll coach a little more at the gym and be more involved with the, the athletes there. And uh, yeah, so just, just kind of like, more of the same. <laughs> Did you feel any pressures at all when you decided to do MMA from your family in that in that awareness of mental health, maybe things running in your family that that were concerning or made it a little bit harder to continue to choose that as a career? I would say my my experience, my dad is one of the most sensitive and difficult people. It doesn't mean to be, but he definitely, you know, after my, even my last time, I'm like, Dad, I didn't even get hit that hard. It's just a cut. Like, I'm really okay. I promise you. But he was like crying. It was like my one-year-old and my three-year-old dealt with the, my injury. <laughs> so much better than my grown ass dad did but my family they, they worry and that's probably the hardest on me is that their their um like outwardness towards me about like their concerns and so I guess I wonder was that a part of the factor in in any of your decisions to to kind of hang it up to have they been kind of talking to you for a while about that like Felicia when are you gonna stop surprisingly not okay. um even though I know they feel it. They've like, like my mom and, you know, grandparents and stuff. I know that they feel it, but they've never, they've never pressured me to stop or, or even thrown it out there as, you know, as bad. They were uh, surprised when I told them and, and, you know, happy. They were like, Oh, great. You know, they're so great now. I don't even have to worry about you anymore, but they never really, they never did that. It was, it was always support. Um, it was really just something just from my own perspective, you know, just con my own guilt and concern, you know, for the future than, more than anything. And, um, you know, just just wanting to be there for my family and, and be more present with with life, because, you know, like in training camp, everything gets pushed aside for the most part. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it takes a lot. And, you know, I, I, there's family. I have family all over the country, both countries. And, you know, I'd like to just be like be, you know, um, just be more, more open to paying attention and being there, you know, like we, we lost my brother last year and just kind of like that kind of stuff all adds up in my head. And I'm like, I just want to not live a normal life, but I want to like have, have time and not, not feel like I ever need to push them aside to do, you know, to do training or anything like that. So. Certainly. Um, when you look back on your career, what are the moments, uh, the legacy uh, of Felicia Spencer? What's like the moment for you? Um, I mean, one of the memorable fights, I guess, would be one of my favorite fights is um, fighting Cyborg in, in UFC 240. That was in Canada. That was my co-main event. Oh, yeah. Pretty crazy. So it was like a dream fight, too. I'd always talked about fighting Cyborg, hoping that she wouldn't retire before I, you know, got it, got <laughs> to that point. And then, like, now tables have turned. I'm stopping before she does. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, honestly, like, my favorite thing is getting, like, 
those messages of just, uh, you know, I, I also teach at the gym to the kids class and have for a while and, and just getting messages from parents and stuff saying that maybe I've impacted their child's life or random people saying that somehow my performance inspired them, you know, like that kind of stuff is really what, what I look back at most fondly uh, because it never really occurred to me that like watching someone compete on TV would impact someone's life, you know, like yeah. or enough to, to even reach out to say anything like that. So those kinds of things are pretty, pretty special and kind of, you know, hidden from, from the, the view, I guess, for most people. <laughs> I feel like you really need to throw your name in the hat to join the broadcasts in some way. I mean, obviously you're so well-spoken. You have such passion for this business. I feel like you'd be great on the desk for UFC or like any promotion. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that earlier. Have you had any conversations about about stepping into the broadcast side of things? Um, not with the UFC. I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. I, I actually, like, the last few camps, you know, I, I would show up to, like, the media day, like, ready to, like, you know, joke about it and, like, do that. But then all the media was has been on Zoom, so it feels super, like, impersonal with, the, like, the, the broadcast team instead of being face-to-face. So it just never felt right to bring it up to them to joke about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, I... I I love that side of it. I love the idea of, you know, analyzing like past fights and um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely excited for hopefully having opportunities like that come up. Um, I, my, one of my friends heard me say that on, on another interview and actually was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to be commentating for this local Muay Thai event this week, next weekend. And he asked me if I wanted to be his co a commentator so I'm actually going to do it for a local event to kind of get yeah. my feet wet and kind of get through those nerves so because uh, I know it's going to be different just like you know being the first time you go step in there you know you'd also be great for Invicta that would be also I mean you know I've done that a few times too and I feel like it definitely kind of primes you for that and um, yeah. I hope someday too, like to be working, uh, you know, a little bit intermittently here and there. So I'm with you on that. Hopefully we'll be crossing, crossing paths in that way. Yeah. yeah I'm really excited for you, awesome. Felicia. And, and, and I really like that you opened up about, you know, the mental health and, and I think you sent a really important message, whether you realize it or not, that prioritizing yourself and your health is not a crime. You know, that we're not, um, we are not just commodities. We're not just objects, right? We're real people who have real lives, who have futures to look out for. And nothing is more heartbreaking to me than seeing a fighter try to hang on to it for too long and really send themselves spiraling down this very depressing path and not walking away when they still have so much going for them. And so I really admire you for doing that because you obviously still had a lot to offer the fight game, um, but you have taken a very important stance that I think will reverberate throughout the fight fight community in the fight world. So um, very much, you know, pat on the back for you for doing that. I'm excited <laughs> to see whatever chapter two is. And yeah, I'm going to be looking forward to, to seeing whatever it is that you do. Well, thanks. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad that's the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Felicia, and, and best of luck in your new retirement. I hope that you get to enjoy it, kick your feet up a little bit, do what you want to do, and hopefully we'll be able to see you on the broadcast side of things uh, sooner than later. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nari Balin. 
Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.